I believe that God, of course, ordained this and he allowed this. And he is sovereignly moving, even within this pandemic, to bring sinners to himself through the gospel for churches to be strengthened, to to multiply. In other words, it's not church as usual anymore, and it can never be. Uh, This may be a a once-in-a-hundred-year pandemic, but God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and the gospel is the same. So so we need to be on mission with God, and we need to be as wise as serpents and harmless as doves and be able to pivot within our delivery platforms of the gospel. Hi, and welcome to this edition of Mid-South Viewpoint. I'm Byron Tyler. Pleasure, friend, to have you stop by. We're going to have a little birthday celebration today. Happy birthday to my friends at Global Ministries Foundation. Today marks the 18th year that the ministry has been in existence, proclaiming God's Word all over the world. Dr. Richard Hamlet is here with us. He is the CEO and founder of Global Ministries Foundation, also host of Ministry in the Marketplace that's heard right here on the Bot Radio Network, across the network nationwide. There's other venues, too, that it plays. And then Saturday mornings at 8 a.m. right here on AM640. Richard, good to have you here. Thank you for inviting me back, Byron. 18 years. That's a landmark. I mean, as a ministry has been planted, a lot of ministries after a few months or just a short period of time don't make it. It's amazing to see God's sweet providence in the lives of my wife, Ginger, and I. As co-founders of GMF, we started in a little executive suite, the only employees and contributing our own funds to the foundation, and had only left the country one time, really at that time, on a mission trip. Um, it was a, called as a pastor evangelist to preach the gospel. We came back from um, a mega church in Atlanta where I served as a missions pastor, where God put the world on our hearts. And we came back here, and uh, it's amazing that it has been 18 years, and we have seen the goodness and the mercies of the Lord Amen. allowing us to multiply the gospel to almost 100 countries now that we've been to personally preaching in the gospel and teaching indigenous pastors, and now able to support them in different ways. And we want to talk about some of those yeah. ways. Before we get too much in the ministry side of things, the family side of things, you and Ginger have been married now for how long? Well, it'll be 39 years this next June the 19th. We go back to Harding Academy here in Memphis. I was 14 years old, and she was 13 <laughs> and when I first saw her. And uh, it stuck. We were friends, and we broke up several times. But we were married. We were 20. I was at Rhodes College. She was at the University of Memphis. And uh, she is my dear, sweet wife and wife of my youth, but she's also my ministry partner. We, God has allowed us to co-labor together all around the world. Yeah, and also she's the mother of your children. She's the mother of my children. That, that, that's a good combination, isn't it? Yeah. And uh, my daughter, Natalie, and uh, and her husband, Andy, and have two grandchildren, uh, Eleanor, Jewel, and James, uh, with, with them. And then, of course, Lucian Hamlet, uh, Richard Lucian Hamlet, Jr., his wife, Paige. They were just married almost two years ago. And then my, my caboose, uh, Hunter Sisson Hamlet, who is my second son. So we have three that's adult awesome. children. That is beautiful, Richard. As we kick off the show, too, if you don't mind, I would think it would, might be appropriate for us to dedicate our show today to Luis Palau. Yes. And, and I want to do that because back in the mid-1990s, as you know, our family were missionaries on Guam. I got to meet Luis. Matter of fact, he sat across from me in a radio interview yes. back in probably 
probably 1996 as they brought the evangelistic ministry to the island. But you, over the years, Mm. have had partnerships with him where you have shared the gospel through partnerships. Many countries. Many countries around the world, reaching millions. Yes, uh, for almost a decade now, we've been to several countries and participated as associate evangelist under his LPA team. He and his son, Andrew, through the years have preached. Andrew continues to preach the gospel. But yeah, we go back many years, and that's where his whole festival model of outreach, something that I drank that Kool-Aid, yeah. and we've been doing that for many years here in the States in area-wide festivals preaching the gospel. Right here in our Memphis yes. area, too, have been some wonderful ways to reach our community, bringing top-notch BMX <laughs> bikers and, and those who have skills yes. to, to entertain, not for the purpose of just entertaining but as a platform to share the gospel. That's right. It's, it's a holistic platform. You know, the gospel is the power of God and the salvation, but it's, it's a holistic gospel. And it's body, soul, and spirit. And so Luis Palau was like one of the leaders in that as far as the outreach and taking the gospel outside the church walls into communities, but using uh, the best of music and, and some attractional events for people to gather, whatever their motivation and yet they're there for that providential time and the, to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we trust the Holy Spirit and all that we do, you know, to bring forth conviction and grant repentance and faith. And we've seen so many who have um, who've called on Christ and have are being discipled through these years through local New Testament churches that we partner with. Richard, you mentioned a moment ago about together you and Ginger traveling the world sharing the gospel, and you are accustomed to doing that and have personally been doing that for many years. Like when you traveled to Southeast Asia preaching mm. Christ, visiting those in uh, rehab centers, donating water to those in the village in need. Yes. But that dynamic of the ministry has greatly shifted because of this pandemic that we're living in right now. Talk about how that's impacting the outreach. Well, it's amazing. Uh, it was a year ago, uh, last month, and Ginger and I had just returned from Russia and Belarus. Uh, we've been praying for years for a visa to go assist some churches there in Moscow and St. Petersburg with the gospel and proclaiming the gospel as well as equipping them in evangelism. And as soon as we got back, within a week, the virus came. And we had plans for eight months of the year, normally eight months out of 12. We're gone in the past 20 years. We've been gone 10 to 14 days a month. month. And so it it stopped it with a quarantine. And we have not left the the shores of the United States for another for a year so what we've done is in the problems of god we've now pivoted with the digital proclamation thanks to the leader of our media team which is your son jason tyler and we have three and soon to be four members of our media team we are now proclaiming the gospel through facebook live and through other venues zoom to the nations and our partners are participating in different ways and uh, we are continuing to proclaim the gospel overseas uh, but we also are praying for our partners and you know trying to support them in whatever way we can because they're within their context they're dealing with the same situation yeah and I was wanting to ask you about those partnerships yes. that you have yes. I mean how are they maintaining you staying in contact yes with them? absolutely and uh, for instance we have a, a, a seminary we partner with in Indonesia. I just recently preached the graduation service for those 
uh, students there through Zoom and hearing from the president, who is a good friend who studied here in the States, and we partner with them and some churches there in the area. Uh, things are difficult. I mean, it's it's uh, irrespective of really where the countries are located, whether it's an open or closed country. This has been a universal pandemic that has come to our planet. And I believe, with my theological worldview being very God-centered, I believe that God, of course, ordained this and he allowed this. And he is sovereignly moving, even within this pandemic, to bring sinners to himself through the gospel, for churches to be strengthened, to to multiply. In other words, it's not church as usual anymore, and it can never be. Uh, This may be a a once-in-a-hundred-year pandemic, but God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and the gospel is the same. So so we need to be on mission with God, and we need to be as wise as serpents and harmless as doves and be able to pivot within our delivery platforms of the gospel. pre pandemic what are some of the ways that you've helped to equip the yes. indigenous people of these nations practically well when we were there or in the nations we're doing uh, the proclamation of the gospel in the open countries with like festivals we have the local churches and business churches the pastors and church leaders trained for counseling at the end of the service for those who confess christ or those inquirers that want to know more about the gospel so they can be assimilated we have pastor church leadership training as well as kingdom empowerment because of my background as a financier and a wall street real estate guy for 15 years and my calling remember i'm an amos god called me at 36 I was not a preacher or a son of a preacher, but God said, go preach the word. And so yeah. it was a major midlife crisis for me <laughs> 24 years ago. But Instead of buying a sports car, <laughs> you went with the Lord in the gospel. Yeah. I like that. Amen. I mean, listen, everything that we have and everything that we are belongs to God. GMF does not belong to Ginger and I. God owns it. And we, we just want to multiply the monies, missions, and mentoring around the globe. And so we do that training. Now, Ginger... She was uh, trained by Donna Gaines in chronological Bible stories. My wife has gone to all these countries with me, obviously, and she's taught so many groups of ladies with that effective Bible study communication. It's amazing. Richard, I've had members of those who helped teach that. I've heard stories where they have gone in different countries teaching the yes. chronological Bible method. Yes. The people said they learn more that way than they ever did in seminary. Yeah. And I must, I got to mention Iva May, too. Iva May I mean, is the one I'm speaking fact, of. Yeah. Ginger and I were uh, with Iva May and Donna in India over a decade ago on a trip where they had a big women's conference there. And that's where I first really saw it. I mean, I'm standing in the auditorium, these all these ladies, hundreds of ladies, <laughs> and I'm seeing these visuals and these different periods chronologically, yeah. and it connected with me. It, I mean, I, it, it, it's, a, it's a wonderful tool. Yes. And so my wife has been blessed to be able to be a, a servant of the Lord in teaching with that menu in so many countries around the world. It was 2014 that you started the radio outreach ministry in the marketplace. Uh, What was your initial idea behind starting this work? Well, because of my business background, business's missions is really part of my DNA. And my desire uh, when I was called into the ministry out of the business world, commercial business world, and continues today to be reaching those that are in the workplace encouraging Christians that every day, wherever they are, that they have an opportunity to share Christ with somebody outside the church of walls who may never enter into a traditional sanctuary or much less a Bible-preaching church. So that was the whole purpose, really, of that program, to be challenging, strengthening, 
and equipping with some, as I say, helpful homilies that I give with exhortation to re- well, you know, repent and believe the gospel for the yeah, believers, yes. unbelievers. Well, the mission, as you say, is empowering believers to live authentically for Jesus Christ in the power of the Holy Spirit in their workplace or circles of influence. And I love that. I think that's awesome. In the times we're living right now, it seems such a needed endeavor where we are right now. Yeah, there's so much relocation and dislocation within Christ's body. You know, the body of Christ meets and and gathers and then scatters and goes out. And so you have all of these uh, professing Christians that every day are in their secular jobs or at the gym or, you know, they're in the library or wherever, however we define, define out church outside of the walls. It's a mission field. And, you know, it's Billy Graham, I believe, that said that uh, that the workforce is, is the greatest unreached people group as a category uh, in in the world, yeah. and and generically, obviously that's true because there's more pagans and unbelievers that are outside the church than are inside the church. If they're inside the church, we pray they'll become regenerate church members and repent and believe, be born again, right? Yes. But outside in the marketplace, so that's where we need to reach, and the Great Commission needs to be, you know, accelerated in terms of execution. Richard, how do we encourage those trying to live out their faith where they work? Maybe they have opposition. Maybe they find it challenging. Maybe they've been kind of a closet Christian in the workplace, and and they haven't felt the freedom, or maybe they felt intimidated or fearful Mm -hmm. to step out Mm -hmm. and look for opportunities to minister to their coworkers. Yeah, it's an interesting dynamic um, because uh, we have – Secular jobs, mostly. Some may be listening that have ministry vocation jobs, and you know there are those, but that out there. But that's a very small percentage of, of professing Christians within Christendom, and so it's a, it's an interesting dynamic because every day, professing Christians uh, go to work and they have a platform and they're being paid to do a, a, a task, provide a product or service. And, of course, the theology of work is so clear in the Scripture to do our work as unto the Lord and of excellence and all of that. And that in itself is a witness, right? Right. But praying for opportunities, connections, divine appointments, intentional gospel conversations, not during the employer's time, taking their time, but on breaks or other other connections outside of work uh, or during the day lunch, or having relationships that are centered around the gospel and the unbelievers are right there. You know, that is a platform, a vocation, really, for every Christian, regardless of what their occupation yeah. is. Richard, in the program Ministry in the Marketplace, you interview both men and women who step out of the box when it comes to representing Christ in the marketplace and their individual marketplaces. Any particular stories over the past six years of doing the show stand out to you? Well, there's so many that come to mind, you know, generically within our portfolio of guests and all these six years of programs. We have the doctors, the attorneys, the businessmen, the athletes, the arts and music, the pastors. We have so many that have come on, men and women, uh, that have uh, stories that uh, our listeners would would know if they've heard the program. But I I think of one individual who is a a leader, a, a very sharp financial leader, with the National Christian Foundation, NCF. I remember uh, her sharing as we were having the interview about how within the whole uh, stewardship, within the home business resources, 
message and theme and how their job was, you know, basically to uh, have donors and recommend funds and within that huge foundation, yeah. how the, the potential and the real possibility they have always to share the gospel and how there have been people that have come to faith in Christ by even talking about monies and talking about giving because of what that wonderful foundation is doing. But there are so many. Uh, we have businessmen and women who are in the grind, CEOs from those who are at the entry level. What I like about what you're saying is all walks of life where those Christ followers are. Yes. What I love about this program, it paints a picture for believers to say, you don't have to be behind a pulpit Amen. to yes. be a minister of the gospel. Yeah. I mean, it's everyday Christianity. Yep. It's, it's very biblical. And so our desire is for more people to focus on their their Christian walk, their faith and and work as we if we hear it sometimes, but to know that there's no dichotomy between uh, what's called the spiritual yes. and what's called the secular. And Stephen Olford, who is my mentor, I remember when he said that the first time, bringing out that there's the sanctuary and then there's the stadium, there's the secular, and it's all based on really the gospel of Jesus Christ and how the gospel's permeated by the followers of Jesus within their platforms and within their roles. You know, that reminds me of something that Adrian Rogers once said, too, that that the supernatural is naturally supernatural. <laughs> yes. But we try to make the supernatural something out there beyond. Yes. But it's a natural part of Amen. our life as believers Amen. that we live out. Amen. God is in the business of doing extraordinary things through ordinary people. Anybody who is a professing believer in Christ has a witness platform. They have at least one spiritual gift, according to the Scripture. But to be a witness is not based on our spiritual giftedness. Yes. It is based on obedience. Yeah. And really the privilege of sharing Christ. What I do every morning is after I ask God to bless the day ahead and provide and prepare divine appointments or gospel conversations, is I just ask God to bathe everything I do uh, within his gospel glory yes. and use me as a clay feet servant of the Lord Amen. to advance the kingdom of Jesus Christ. Well, as you mentioned, a Wall Street trained financial professional with that experience, 15 years working in capital markets. How do you feel that experience has influenced you most as the leader of Global Ministries Foundation? Because so many pastors get the call young in right, life, right. and they go straight from <laughs> right. high school to college to seminary. Amen. And God and, bless them. Yeah, that's their call. Yes. Your call's different. It's different. Well, we look in the Bible, I mean, God calls Samuel and Jeremiah as teenagers, and God is doing that today still. Uh, in every generation of coming up, and they come right up young, and they're called. They know the calling into the ministry, and they go forth as pastors and training and all that. And then there are some of those out there like myself who are Amoses, who have workforce and commercial business experience. And sometime in the next season within that, God, in his sovereignty, chooses to reassign business servants to not only be in commercial business, but to primarily focus on kingdom business. And that's what GMF is all about. GMF is about using the tools within our business as missions model, whether specifically within the real estate, the housing. Well, the other example is you don't speak, I don't think, Spanish fluently no. or at all, at all <laughs> No, and, but you have a Christian-Spanish hey, radio well, network. Well, let me share about that, because people have asked, over the last 20 years with our globetrotting to 100 countries, right, Ginger and I have been to most of Latin America. 
And so we've gone into these countries, and we're preaching festivals and preaching uh, the crusades, and we're training the church leaders, and we're seeing how within a within a culture of uh, heavenly, what I call uh, institutional religion that is not based on uh, sola scriptura uh, uh, or grace alone through faith alone, uh, and and there are many people having what I call pagan Christianity. They're unbelievers just going through their rituals and all. How I've seen so many being born again by the gospel and being discipled and seeing evangelical churches grow. We flew back to the United States so many times, and about four years ago, God just put it on my heart. What about the 60 million Latinos in our country? And again, we, we, we step up and support Christ church with every ethnicity. I'm an, I'm an Anglo guy. But God has put a burden on Ginger's and I heart to help the evangelical churches, Latino in, churches in the states, to reach their constituents with the gospel in making disciples. And we do that two ways. We do it through training of pastors and church leaders. And of course, I have an interpreter, my associate, Irving Ravello, who's a Cuban-American who came on staff four years ago. And he's also overseeing your the, Christian network. The Boanus Nuevas Network, which has been the extension of that emphasis that God has really put on us in terms of the calling to reach Latinos. And so all of this has come together in the last three years. It's amazing what's happening uh, because we're seeing churches. I'm preaching in many churches in, in Memphis and the U.S. where I have him interpreting, and I'm getting to know these Hispanic pastors and members. And one thing that's been missing within Hispanic evangelical community is proper training of in biblical proclamation. And that's where the whole Stephen Olford Center yep. and our whole model of the Stephen Olford Legacy Project and all that we're doing and working with David Olford there as a partner on site and around the world, that's where we're we are now really emphasis, we're really putting a lot of emphasis and time and resources into training Latino pastors and church leaders in biblical proclamation and in Great Commission strategies. So BNN is really the outreach. That's yeah. our radio network that I never thought we would I would be in multimedia beyond a programmer, but now we, we own uh, multiple stations. Uh, BNN headquarters is on the Stephen Olford Conference Center campus here, and we're looking at adding other satellite stations around the country, even right now. Well, you just welcomed one in Jacksonville, Florida. Yeah. We've got three or four that are real close, if God wills, that we're going to we do the programming from here. It's like a K-Love type model. It goes through the internet, of course, but we also hire a local board operator, producer, and a marketing person, because we've got to be connected in those local Latino communities. And then I'm, again, ministering to these pastors and church leaders in these communities. So I see as we go forward in God's province, we're going to be spending a lot more more of our time in GMF in, in reaching these uh, Latinos, there are so many that know Christ, but there are so many in the United States yes. who need to be born again. They need to hear the true saving gospel, not a fake gospel, not a bogus gospel. You know what I'm saying? Real not Jesus. a pop yeah. gospel. Yes. And there are so many that know that and are doing it, and we want to come beside them and multiply their place of influence. Richard, our time is slipping, but I do want to address one quick thing, too, and maybe two things before we say goodbye. You've had a model for those living in Section 8 housing, yes. being an opportunity to reach people with the gospel, yes. but also to meet practical needs for justice job training skills. Right. There's a plethora of things that yeah. you do to reach them yeah. through a partnership with the local church in the area. Where is the housing arm, I guess? Thank you for asking. I've been on this program before, I think five or six years ago, when we were having some challenges with that. 
all of that has now been resolved. Uh, you know, the business plan was challenging on that, and the optics didn't look good. Uh, but, but, you know, we had some old properties and, and some management that was underperforming. Our foundation stepped up and funded everything we were supposed to do. And we moved on with a revision to the business plan that we're no longer in the Section 8 housing where there's, you know, government subsidies involved. Because, quite frankly, we were the target of some attacks from activists because of our positions that we were taking within our voluntary social services. And that's where all this really started. And it, and it magnified out. But, you know, God is glorified even when we go through our challenges. Uh, Genesis fifty twenty is so true. That's a verse that I think of every week. And what others may mean for evil in shutting us down and the gospel, God means for good and for the salvation of many. There are thousands of people that came to faith in Christ because of that program. Now we are focusing on workforce housing only where no one gets any government subsidies, no one in terms of Section 8, everybody has a job, and we have chaplains on every site, we have churches that come in, we have voluntary programs still. Nobody nobody is forced to do anything that they don't want to do on the our properties. Yes. But we give them the opportunity to participate in, in computer learning, GED, work training, health and wellness. But yeah, we have Bible studies, and we have outreaches, and we have local New Testament churches that work with our properties and on those properties, but we formed our own management company, which uh, I did as a pivot, as an adjustment to some of the issues we had, and it's in-house, and we've hired the best of managers who now report directly to my team, and we know exactly what's going on every day at our properties. That's not something I knew about in the past with agents on third-party basis, which was part of the issue that we ran into. But thank you for asking about that. We're still growing that. I know you're glad to find some stability in that as you move forward. Well, last thing I want to ask you, the heritage that you want to leave future generations. You know, GMF belongs to God. We're blessed to have three adult children that are, are followers of Jesus, and they are involved in the business's missions in one way or another, either the real estate or the multimedia now. But really, the spiritual DNA is really what my desire is. I want to see others who are not part of even my physical legacy, regardless of what my adult children do when God takes me home and GMF continues, you know, in leadership. I want to see the spiritual multiplication. I want to see the legacy of the gospel going out and being a part of someone's ethos and DNA every day and sharing Christ in an intentional way. If there's one thing that I would like to leave, is it intentionality in gospel proclamation. That is what I'm all about. As a matter of fact, when I pass, if I pass before Ginger, if Jesus tarries, there's only one thing I want on my epitaph, a gospel preacher. I don't want any titles. I don't want any anything about what I've done in this world. I'm simply a servant. I am a waiter serving the gospel of Jesus Christ to those who desperately need hope and forgiveness through the gospel. Richard, God bless you, my dear brother. Thank you for what you continue to do for Christ's kingdom through the ministry of GMF, being a ministry partner with us here at Bible Radio Network with Ministry in the Marketplace, heard here locally Saturday mornings at 8 a.m. And you can also go to BotRadioNetwork.com, hear the program, and the website, gmfonline.org.org. Yes, that's our website, and you can navigate to any of these other platforms, the the real estate or the multimedia from that mother site. All right. Well, my friend, we're going to say goodbye. You're always welcome. Stop back by and you get a chance. Appreciate it. Well, friends, that's all the time we have on this edition of Mid-South Viewpoint. Thanks for joining us. I'm Byron Tyler. We'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye.